Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 20, episode 20 of the Best Thing Podcast. We have made it to a milestone of 20 episodes, and I am so excited that you are here on this journey with me. Soon we'll get to this episode with Katie Quinn, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this ride. When I started this podcast, I knew that I wanted to do one thing, and that is have fascinating conversations with fascinating people. And that's exactly what I've been able to do over the course of 20 episodes, and we are just getting started. The feedback so far has been absolutely amazing, so I just want to say thank you. And if you're a a diehard listener like so many of you are, I invite you to share this with someone in your community. I invite you, if you have not already, to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And I invite you to to give me a shout out. Give me an email. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a tweet. Get at me however you best like to get at people. It would be so great to hear from you. And also, I want to let you know that starting on June 3rd, I'm having my Stop Living on Autopilot Challenge. This challenge happens over the course of seven days, and it's for people who are rethinking everything and are clear they don't want to go back to how things were before the pandemic. This is for people who are experiencing an unexpected transition and would like to successfully navigate it and make decisions with confidence. This is for people who are worried about their job, who are stressed out or anxious and want to instill a mindset of strength and calm and create some certainty where there isn't any. More than anything, the Stop Living on Autopilot 7-Day Challenge is for folks who have been going through the motions in life and want to clearly define what brings them joy. So if that sounds like you, Go to the show notes, click on the link for the Stop Living on Autopilot Challenge, and I will see you there. It's going to be an amazing seven days. You do not want to miss it. Once again, thank you so much for joining me for episode 20. We did it. We're going to keep going. And right now, let's get into this fantastic episode with Katie Quinn. Welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where we talk to thought leaders, creatives, authors, and entrepreneurs about how sometimes the best thing to happen to you is the most unexpected. Welcome your host, Antonio Neves. Hey everyone, welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where we talk about the best thing to ever happen to people that doesn't include the traditional markers of success. That's because the things that have a major influence on someone's life will never show up on a resume, come up in a conversation, or even appear on the internet. I'm your host, Antonio Neves, and each week I bring on a new guest who has a powerful story to tell that will motivate, inspire, and help you see life through a new lens. This week's guest is someone I met years ago in what seems like a different life when I worked in the television industry in New York City, and I'm so glad I met her. You know, Katie Quinn, she's a, a video creator, a host, a, a cookbook author. She hosts the podcast, Keep It Quirky. Uh, again, she wrote the book, Avocados. She makes incredible videos that will make you appreciate food, travel, and life. Now, after a decade living in New York City, Katie now calls London home, where you can find her recording videos or experimenting with new recipes. Now, what I love about Katie is that she believes that there's a story to be told everywhere and that food connects 
people. I couldn't agree more. Katie Quinn, welcome to The Best Thing. Antonio, thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So let's just dig straight in. Katie, what is the quote unquote best thing to ever happen to you that wouldn't necessarily be a traditional marker of success? When I say traditional marker of success, I'm talking about getting married or or buying a house or graduating from college or having kids. What would you say is that best thing? I love how you present this question. Um, And I'm just going to I'm going to drop it on you um, without too much context. Uh, The best thing that ever happened to me was getting a traumatic brain injury and spending a week in the hospital. Almost unresponsive. (laughs) Wow. So I remember this time in our lives and it's amazing. Even though I remember it, I have forgot it as well because so much has happened to you since that happened. So let's dig in. For folks, for the listeners who are unaware, just give us a little bit of background of, of what even what happened before the brain injury, but what led to it. Yeah. So um, I felt like I had a career that was like on a rocket ship that was like totally killing it. I was a video journalist um, and host for this video news startup called Now This News. It's still around. They're killing it. Um, I was one of the first dozen people hired there. So I really was like on the ground with it when we were first creating content. And I decided to go freelance after a couple years there because I was getting these other hosting gigs, like video hosting offers. And I and I wanted to see where those would lead. So the very first time, so I quit this job, also therefore got rid of my health insurance, of course, in one fell swoop. And the first gig that I got was at the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah, interviewing festival attendees and also like some of the directors, actors at the festival. That was awesome. Such a great experience. The following day, I chose to stay an extra day to go skiing um, with this guy I was dating at the time who came out to crash with me <laughs> in Park City. And so he came out um, and he skied while I was working and then was like, oh, let's have a ski day together. So I elected to extend my trip by a day. And on this day, I was going down the ski (laughs) slope, one of the first runs of the day, and um, an out-of-control snowboarder cut me off. And I lost control and zoomed quickly into a basically a big block of ice um, head first. I was not wearing a helmet. Basically, this, this guy I was dating at the time tells me that he turned around and looked when he heard like gasps around him. And he looked just in time to see me fall like a rag doll into the ravine next to this pile of ice. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's rewind. First, how much skiing history did you have prior to this? So I grew up skiing. Not a, I'm from Ohio, which is within a few hours driving distance of some okay hills. Like I would go to like West Virginia hills. So nothing like out west. But I did, you know, I, I skied growing up. Um, And of course, this was at a time where people didn't wear helmets, right? That was like culturally not a thing. Um, But then I didn't ski kind of all throughout college. And so it had been probably six or seven years since I had been on 
since I'd been on skis. And gotcha. And obviously this isn't about, you know, your skill set as a skier. Yeah, yeah. an out, out <laughs> Antonio, of... what are you trying to get from <laughs> <laughs> when you have an out of control snow of a snowboarder, there's not much you can do. So right, right. of course you have this scary experience right after you decided to freelance and break off in a new territory. So as you mentioned earlier, you found yourself in a hospital and it sounds like you were there for a week, correct? Yeah, yeah. A few days. I think I was released before a full seven days was up, but And just tell me, you you wake up that, that first that first moment you have consciousness, what's going through your brain, of course, family, friends, people who love you, care about you are there. But just, just walk me through coming out of that in the days after. I don't remember anything in that time. It's so weird. So the I literally have no memory of, I would say, probably a solid like week and a half. Well, okay, that's not true that I have no memory. I have these like snapshots of memory. I have like two or three. It's almost like a freeze frame from a movie. And... And I, so I remember being wheeled through, um, you know, I was in a wheelchair going through the airport to take a flight back to Ohio, where I, as a 27, 28 year old, um, had to go back and stay with my parents for three months while I recovered and, and went to physical therapy and relearned how to walk. Um, so like, that's a snapshot was the wheelchair. Another snapshot was like my mom kind of like carrying me to the bathroom, like after they like took the bedpan out, I guess, or something. I don't know. I don't even know what these snapshots relate to, but um, I basically have no memory to answer your question. Wow. I mean, for, of course, you no one ever experienced anything like that. And I know for folks listening right now, they're like, okay, Antonio, get to it. She had a brain injury. How does a brain injury being having to live back home for three months, how does that lead to the best thing happening? I mean, God, in so, in so many ways. I mean, when you mentioned that it feels like another world when you and I knew each other, I mean, it really f feels like a different, like an alternate universe almost. And I'm glad it's not because I'm glad we can still be friends in this universe. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think that the, it was such a turning point for me. I guess the biggest way was and you hear people talk about this whenever there's like this, you know, whether it's like I hit rock bottom and then like came. And so in a way, like I really please stop me if I'm sounding at all like cheesy or corny or something <laughs> about this, because I feel like there is the the possibility of it just. But it's so true, dude. Like it snapped me into like what do you want to do with your life? And like beyond this like really ego-driven career path that I was on that I was so stoked about, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it really made me like kind of grab life by the balls. And as soon as I healed, I was like a, what's that saying? Like a bull out of the, what's that saying? <laughs> you know what? I know what you're talking about. Let's just say a bull out of the gates. But Let's that's do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah. So I was like, I was, I was like that bull. So that's one way. And that's kind of like the, the most like overarching way, but before we, before we go there yeah, though, okay, yeah. like, like a shot, you like some, a bull out of something. We don't know what, but out of something, like you said, it snapped you out of it. And it was a, it was a life altering event for you. What's unique. And as we learn more about what you decided to do with your life after this, some people in those moments, you had mentioned earlier that you had just left the safety and confines of a nine to five job with a great network 
that had benefits, et cetera. Now, some people with an experience like this would say, let me go back that direction. But this had the exact opposite effect on you, if that's what I'm hearing, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so that propels you. So you have this life-altering event. You decide to grab life by its horns. Uh, and, and what did you decide to do from there? Um, I started a YouTube channel. And the kind of the beta test, if you will, a prototype that I didn't even know was a prototype, of course, at the time, was um, when I was still in Ohio recovering. It was almost three months after the accident, and I was feeling like myself again, for the most part. A traumatic brain injury really messes with a person's identity and personality. Um, and I was like eerily aware that I wasn't myself or like the self that I knew. It's really bizarre and like a lot of anxieties and stuff. But when I was well enough to um, turn on the camera and put it on a tripod and turn it at myself, I, I was like really trying to go through the I was trying to process everything that had just happened, you know, and I had like video journalism skills from before. So it's not like I had never touched a camera before and, and all of a sudden knew how to work a DSLR. That was like a skill that I felt comfortable that I could, Hey, you know what? I'm a little bored now. Like I'm healthy and I'm, but I'm like in Athens, Ohio, <laughs> I'm kind of bored. So I reached for the camera and, um, and made a video about basically what my YouTube channel ended up being about, which is food and, and love in, in a way. Katie's YouTube channel is amazing. I invite everyone to go watch the videos that she's created over a variety of years. But this is before there were clients and dollars and cents coming in. You're doing it straight up for a passion. But you mentioned something earlier. You said the words, if I could wrote this down correctly, you said the ego-driven career path. You and I both know what it's like to move to New York City, pretty much knowing uh, very few people and being able in some shape or form, being able to make a, you know, a high profile career for major television networks. Um, and people in New York City, I can't say everyone is like this, but they're, they're going, 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 going. Can, can you juxtapose for me a little bit? Like, did you feel any angst leaving that behind when you decided to say, hey, I'm going to bet on me, Katie Quinn versus NBC or or, or now networks, et cetera, did you feel pressure or resistance? Because I'm sure there's someone listening to this that though they haven't had that life-altering event of having a traumatic brain injury, they're feeling called to go another direction. But that ego-driven career path we hear about from the time we're kids and we go through college and you got to get a, get a good job, et cetera, it, it's scary. So what do you say to that person that is has a calling the way that, that you did, and but maybe they're not going to experience a traumatic brain injury that, that snaps them into a new direction? I would say like, I get it. First of all, like I, I get it. That's super normal to feel what you're feeling is normal. And just like you were just talking about, like, that's a very normal thing to feel. So first of all, just being like, you're not a weirdo, you're not a freak, you're not lesser than because you have these fears that's tough, man. I feel like, just like, what do you think about every night when you're laying in bed? And like, what makes you excited to wake up in the morning? And like, if those things just don't jive with the nine to five, like there's nothing wrong with the nine to five. But but if you have this thing gnawing at you, and it gnaws at you before you go to sleep every night, and it gnaws at you when you wake up in the morning, that's that's a sign. And I had this before the ski accident, right? I mean, the ski accident, I feel like maybe accelerated things for me, but I, it's weird. Like I have to wonder without the ski accident, would I still be where I am today? Maybe, maybe it would have taken another 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. 
But I have to think that I would still have gotten here. And be, it's because I had that gnawing feeling before. Yeah, that gnawing feeling, that gnawing feeling for people, some people shows up very differently. For some people, I think if you don't answer that gnawing feeling, it can show up as sickness. It's kind of like yes. at times, it's like a, a, a bottle of soda and you're just shaking it up, but yeah. you're not opening up. You're not releasing any pressure. Oh, and over that. time, we you know get to a point where that can explode. But so it doesn't explode. What do we do? We do things to distract us from what's gnawing at us. We have that extra drink in the evening or we'll, we'll binge mm. watch a whole series on, on Netflix thinking we're just inter- entertaining ourselves, but what we're doing is distracting ourselves from what really is our calling. But, l- but let's shift back to you. So you found yourself, you, you created that, that first video for, for yourself. And what, what's, what I love about this is you're doing it for Katie now, the byproduct, of course, so you have viewers and listeners all across the globe that love what you do. But first and foremost, you did it for you. And so talk to a little bit about that process after recording that, that first video and continuing to lean in that direction and, and to pursue what you love? I mean, it was just like an addicting feeling. Like I loved, I loved the process of making that video so much. And so there were, I had like, you know, kind of put on my journalistic hat for it. And like, there were interview elements. Like I interviewed my parents, I interviewed my brother, I interviewed my grandma, I interviewed the people around me at the time. Um, and I wove together this video um, that I just fell into. Like, you know, when people talk about the zone, being in the zone, that is 110 million times the feeling that I had while I was working on this video project. And to compare that to, again, going back to this ego-driven thing, even after I took the leap, left the security of a staff job, I was still following a path that felt like quote unquote success that like totally padded my ego where I was like having my hair and makeup done in front of a camera. And although I liked it, I enjoyed it. If you had asked me at the time, which you probably did, like, are you liking it? Are you happy? I I would have said yes. I'm like living the dream. But I never had that moment of zone, of zen, of of like, of real happiness, I think. Of like, no, like ego is not in the room. And that's what this video did for me. And so I just kept like, I, it was, it was, it was, became addicting. And so I just kept doing it. You just uh, got a great book title. It's called Ego is Not in the Room. That'd be a best-selling book. Um, (laughs) Let's go here because a word that I'm sure that's coming up for me as I listen to this is the word fear. And I'm thinking even back then, if you and I talked about this, who I was back then when this happened, probably would have been the guy that would have said, unfortunately, Katie, just go back to now, go back to the television network. Mm. You have a career, you can go work for the Today Show, you can do X, Y, and Z. And that's just based on the programming I had then versus me feeling comfortable enough to tell someone no to pursue your passion because I know you're going to give everything. Right. Now I think there's a distinction between telling folks to pursue their passion if you know they don't have a good work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> because if you don't have a good work ethic, you're not going to put the energy forward that there's no need to do that. But I knew that you had that. So I probably, who knows what I said to you back then. But I'm curious, going back to the whole career-driven ego thing, it's not just us who have that. All of a sudden, our family and mm-hmm. our friends associate us with that person as well who's in front of the camera who's doing these things in new york city traveling etc so going back to the fear word i'm curious did you feel even if it wasn't direct any resistance as you went down this path not from yourself but family and friends and people who loved you most or was it just support the whole time i mean there was a bit of that i mean 
overwhelming support in a in like a general way. And I don't think I could have recovered like I did without such an incredible support system while I recovered. But then after I was back on my feet, back in New York, I ended up at, and I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but for the first two months, I was back in New York and this was a total godsend. I was back at NBC for a couple of months because my old manager um, went on maternity leave and she reached out to me and this was like aligned perfectly with coming back to New York. You know the team, you know what needs to be done. Do you want to come back and fill in for me while I'm on maternity leave? So I guess that would have been three months. Anyway, and I, and I was like, yes, oh my God. And it was such a relief because it was like, I'm going to go back to New York and have a paycheck. Like this is the best news ever. So I went back to NBC and it was a ball. I had a great time. Because, you know, that wasn't my most recent job before the ski accident. That was the job before the job, right? So it was kind of a bit like a reunion. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And kind of all the excitement of working at the Today Show again and, you know, being around that energy, that all came back. And um, the end of those months, I actually, they actually offered me a staff job <laughs> at the end of those three months. Um and it was. And you know what's interesting? Hmm. I, I got to inter interrupt yeah, right there please. because I love that you said they offered you a staff job because I'm a firm believer, Katie, that when I'm going to use the word universe, okay? Yeah, yeah, um, I dig it. I dig it. When you tell the world, when you tell the universe you want something, you want to pursue something, and like you, maybe it was, you, know, you knew you want to pursue creating videos full time for yourself, maybe not knowing where it was going to end up, but you knew that you wanted to do that because you had that addictive feeling as you uh, explained earlier. But I think when you just make that decision, that proclamation, guess what? The universe is going to test your commitment. Mm. The universe is going to test your commitment. And sometimes the universe is going to test your commitment in sometimes some innocuous ways. It won't be something major, something big, but it will be, oh, Katie, um, guess what? We'd like you to stay longer, stay in this job. Yeah. You sure you, sure you want to do that thing you thought you wanted to do? <laughs> That right there is a test. So all of you listening right now, I'll guarantee if there's something you're pursuing, guess, best believe when you decide to pursue it, you, you say it out loud. There are small, subtle tests that raises offers, that, that new jobs opportunity is going to come, that 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 job, that, that raise is going to come. That person has been a, a horrible person in the relationship. All of a sudden, they're going yeah, yeah. to be, become better right when you're ready to go. So tell me a little bit more about making that decision, uh, what decision you made yeah. in that Well, so, test. I mean, that was that – was, really a really hard decision because they were also offering me they were like dangling the carrot they were offering me like you know an on camera creating videos but having this on camera title and interviewing people and but going back to your question of like my support team and were you know how much was it support how much was it like they like this you know the title NBC and the whole you know everything that that package offers and that is when and more than anything to do again with stability. It's like, Katie, you just went through this like crazy roller coaster. Might it be best actually for you to take this? Like, this is a great opportunity and offers all these things. And I think, you know, it comes from a place of concern and love. It, like nothing malicious about saying, are you sure you want to do this thing that you, that you were set out to do? And I was super torn. I was so torn. I want to quickly 
take a, a little personal tangent that of of course plays a role in professional everything um, that you know I mentioned that guy that I was skiing with at the time of my accident um, so that guy I was pretty sure I was I was gonna leave <laughs> I was like this is temporary I really liked him actually I, re- I really really liked him but I was not listening to that because I had these plans right I had these plans what I was gonna do and guess what it involved being single. So I was pretty sure I was going to dump him, poor guy. Um, but when I got in this accident, he stuck around and he was, he like really became my rock. And so this guy who I really, really liked, but was going to kind of like leave probably, he became, he totally became my rock. And I fell, I really fell in love with him, like head over heels in love with him. And, um, you, you know, Connor is now, he's my husband. Um, so that is a major thing. It's like so crazy to think about without the ski accident. I'm not sure I would be married to the man I'm married to, which is a total mind twist. (laughs) I like how you frame it as I had these plans. I was going to be single. I was not going to be doing this. But right, so it leads to, of course, you two getting married now, living in London. That's another conversation. It is. But okay. leads to the journey. You've, yeah. Yes. Well, and so the reason that I bring up this this personal tangent is because when I was trying to make this decision between taking this new offer back with NBC on camera, blah blah blah, or going back freelance, really throwing myself into the YouTube videos, really continuing that. Um, Connor asked, you know, of course I'm like, you know, just brain vomiting to him every night. Like, I don't know what to do. And he asked me the question, who do you want to be? Who do you, what do you, what do you see where you're like, I want to do that. And my answers were, well, I'll like spare you the specifics unless you want to hear it, but it completely pointed to going this YouTuber path. Honestly, YouTuber wasn't even really a word at the time, but like going this path where I was creating my own videos, putting them on YouTube, and it totally did not point to taking the NBC role. And he was like, Katie, there's your answer. To have someone in your life that would A, ask a powerful question of you like that, essentially asking, what do you want? Which is the hardest question to ask. By the way, people listening, if you ever are in an argument with someone and the argument won't stop, just ask that person, what do you want? And watch the argument stop because they don't know what they want. <laughs> so true. Anyways, that willingness to have this guy to say, ask that question and then be supportive of that is absolutely huge. When, like you said, that didn't even exist at that time. And is it, is it fair to say, Katie, at this time, you had no idea how this was going to be? Oh my God. Uh, I use a business term. How is it going to be monetized? How are you going to make income and live? Oh yeah. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Yet you, do, you dove headfirst into it and you 100% committed. Um, can, can we, st- I want to stay on that topic. You, you did not know how you were going to make an income out of this, if it was going to be able to pr- provide a livelihood for you. Uh, yet you pursued this. You're fortunate enough to be in a place where you didn't have, I guess you'll call them major responsibilities, kids and mortgages and car notes and all that kind of fun stuff. True. The, this notion of stability that society reminds us about, uh, that our college professors and career services talks about and our friends, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's stable. When you have a traumatic brain injury, how do you view a word like stability moving forward? Does that even exist to you knowing that 
that change can, things can change in a moment. Yeah, that's a really powerful observation. And that was just it. Like that was why I was so keen to follow what the answer to the question that Connor posed was so clear. And I was so keen to just follow it because it was like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, it's not, it's just not worth being in a job that I'm not super passionate about. It's just not worth it. That's way too many hours in a life. That is way too many hours in a life. And knowing that things can like be eliminated in a moment, it's like, I am not willing to waste another day of twiddling my thumbs at a desk, which is not to say that that's what I would be doing at that job. But you know what I mean? Like (laughs) as a general thing. I know exactly what you mean. And by the way, as we both know, there are plenty of people who have quote unquote nine to fives, which are never nine to fives or typically eight to six right. or, or seven exactly. uh, who are super fulfilled and they love their work. And so this is not a, a dig at anyone who, who's in that type of profession. We often pursue our different path. Definitely. But based not. on a, yeah. an experience like that happening, um, I'm curious. I want to talk to you a little bit about decision making. And I'm curious, Katie, before and after and how she approached life, but also how she approached decisions. Would you say this is kind of jumps on the stability question a little bit, but when you're posed with a challenge or making a decision, what lens do you look at that under and how you say yes to something? I look at what I already have that I can offer to bring to the table. So for instance, it was not like a total free fall when I decided to do the YouTube videos full-time. And by the way, I threw myself into it. I was creating a new video a day for the first good chunk of time. I was like, I was a I don't actually entirely know how I did it looking back on it, but I was a machine. I was like, I'm deciding to do this. So I'm going to do it 110%. So there was that, like knowing that I can start, I don't have to rely on anyone to just start this thing, build a library, get it in front of people because of this magical thing called the internet. Um, So I knew that I had that to start with. But I also knew inherent in that, like I have shooting skills, I have editing skills, I have these production skills that are not like sexy. This is not, I don't want to be a contractor editing videos into the long term, but this is something I can bring to the table immediately. And so right away, as soon as I made this decision, I didn't just start making these videos for fun and wait until I could monetize those videos. I put out to my entire media network, hey, anyone need videos edited? Anyone need a shooter on a project? So I I did a lot of just like four higher gigs of of shooting and editing, like the really non-sexy production stuff while I built the YouTube brand, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm also hearing you say, though, is that you had a skill set. You just didn't dive into the water without knowing without you knew how to swim because of years of work. And what a lot of people don't know is that they may listen when they Google you and they go to the page and they, the show notes and they find all this great information about you. What, what they don't see, of course, is the they, they don't see you when you and I are working together at NBC and you behind the scenes lugging doing a lot of the unsexy work, those different things. They see the finished product, but of course you, True. you've earned it. You've done the work and you've earned the skill set to do what Can you do. Can we just talk really quickly about um, 
when we were shooting at Dancing Deer Baking Company and when you were hosting this series and I was like the AP or PA, I was like a little gopher running around the set. But in conversations you and I had talked about, or you think you asked, like, what do you what do you want to do? Is like, do you want to stay in production? And I was like, I want to do on-camera stuff. And after we finished the shoot, you pulled me up in front of the camera and gave me the microphone. And we're like, here's the script, like practice, talk to the camera, practice. It's the only way that you will, that you will be able to do this. And I did it. And that was like the first time. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> that, that's amazing. And I, and I totally remember that. And um, I remember how much you cared about that. And for folks listening, when you work in the television industry, when you're working for an outlet like NBC, let, let's be clear. Nine times out of 10, if someone behind the camera who's helping out with their production assistant or associate producer, they're not going to tell you they want to do what you're doing if you're in front of the camera. But I saw this, this passion in Katie and, and I took interest in her and I'm glad I could provide that yeah, outlet well, for And you. most for me, people would not take interest. That is like not a normal thing. <laughs> That's not normal. No, it, it was amazing. And what an amazing journey that you've had since then to, to do great things because you're willing to do the work. You mentioned earlier, like, you don't know how I did it. I don't know how I created these videos every single day. You know, when you care enough, when you're passionate enough, it, it gets done. And, you know, I think when folks wonder like, if you, if you want to know what you care about outside of work, you got to look at how you spend your time. We're all given X amount of hours a day before work and after work. And, you know, how we spend our time is a good representation of what we truly care about. And you putting that time, the energy in showed how much you cared about creating content and how much you love, as you mentioned earlier in your introduction, how much you love telling stories. That's why I love your videos because they, they tell a full story. You don't just do a standard recipe. That's why I love you. your podcast and those conversations you have with others due to your genuine interest and curiosity about life, which is so rare. And on that, I want to transition as we get ready to wind down here shortly is, you know, you have a, a motto that, that you follow. And I would love for you to share what your motto is and that what you follow. And I'm also curious because I don't know the answer to this is if this model came before or post that, that brain injury. So it came post brain injury. And the motto is keep it quirky. Also the name of my podcast. And but like, it's how I end every YouTube video too. It's just like a reminder, to be perfectly honest to my audience, as much as to myself, to not take things too seriously. Because like, I am um, a fairly type A, like very driven person. And therefore I can take creating a video, a, you know, a fun, quirky video, like it's life or death. And it's so funny. I have to shake myself out of it sometimes because like Katie, chill out, like take deep breaths. And so keep it quirky is just how I remind myself that life is so much more fun if you keep it quirky. <laughs> I agree hundred percent. And I also, when you say the word quirky, of course, I know exactly what you're talking about. What I also hear, Katie, when you say that, when you sign off on that on your podcast or just in general, or I also hear be curious and be open. I really hear this, this be open. And I, and I, and I think it's interesting to say be open because our, our mutual friend, uh, Basam Tarazi, who is also a guest on, on this podcast, make sure you listen to his episode. He wrote a book and I love this. The title of this book is in five years, you'll be wrong. 
in five years, you'll be wrong. And essentially what the thesis is, if you look back five years ago at what you were doing and you looked at what you're doing at t- doing today, would you say, you know, in 2019, 2020, I'll be doing this? Most people would say no. So I'm guessing, you know, if someone told Katie five years ago, you'd be living in London, traveling all across Western Europe and beyond making these videos and, and writing a book. Odds are you potentially would have said yes, because your willingness to be open to new experiences. Is that fair to say? Does, does that make sense, Katie? Yeah, it does. I I love that. But Katie, you know, what I love about this interview is, you know, there's so many amazing things that you're doing, have done that we can talk about. Your books, of course, I invite everyone to, to um, listen to your podcast and, and watch your videos. But what I really want to do is talk to the human being and, and learn what drives what you create. Because I think after someone leaves listening to this and they go read a blog post or they listen to and watch a video, they're going to get a better understanding of how you operate. So I just really appreciate you and how you show up in life. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but I think I've told you this, how much it's really been a true inspiration to me to pursue this life and that I'm living right now, leaving the corporate America behind to, to do what I'm doing. You have been a profound influence on that. And I just want to say thank you. Oh, gosh, you're, that means so much to me. You're so welcome. Thank you for the role that you have played at the very beginning um, as well. So thanks right back at you. You got it. Of course, hey, look, if you go to the website and look in the show notes, you'll know where to get all this key information. But for folks, Katie, who are listening right now, of course, they want to learn more about you. Where where can we send them? Where can we send them an invitation to uh, to find you on the interwebs? I would say Instagram at QKatie is probably the best place. And all of the links off of the, um, the bio page will get you anywhere else you want to go. Listen, when you go to her Instagram, I invite you to eat first because you're going to see some images and videos and things that are going to make you hungry. And you're probably going to be like, what am I doing with my life? Look how this woman (laughs) is living. That life (laughs) is there. I'm sorry, we should be finishing right now. But can you tell and remind that person that that life that they want is there? Can can you just go whatever direction you want to go? Just remind them. Friend, my friend out there, it's it's within your reach. It's you. You just got to stick out your hand and grab it. And you don't have to have a traumatic brain injury to make it happen. No, definitely not. In fact, I do not recommend traumatic brain injuries, but I am weirdly grateful for mine. But no, but but I, I would never have wished it upon myself and certainly don't wish it upon anyone else. Well, Katie, thank you so much and uh, for sharing this personal story that not a lot of people would talk about and, and sharing with so many people that probably can relate on so many different levels. I look forward to doing this conversation again in person and um, continue success in all that you do. It's always such a joy to talk with you every time. Thanks for listening to The Best Thing Podcast with Antonio Neves. Join us next week for more stories that'll help you see the world through a new lens. For more resources, go to theantonioneves.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you share with a friend and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.